You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. More dubs, more wins, all the dubs. Sixers win 104-101 in overtime at the crib in South Philly. I am your host, Dio Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Always joined by my partner, Dave Early. Dave, what what's going on, man? Do, do the Sixers just not want us to like record at a normal hour? Because I feel like this is like two out of three weeks where we've had to record after an overtime win or overtime game, at least. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, they do. They did look like they had some trouble with their late game offense. It looked a little bit stale. I mean, they might have been able to to send us all home to bed a little earlier oh with God. with a crisper execution, but they got it done, and that's five in a row. Listen, Sixers, Doc, Joel, James. Listen, I love free basketball as much as the next person. But when it's 9.45 on a Monday and I have to work the next morning, like, could we, you know, kind of polish some of these games off in regulation? Like, I personally would appreciate it. I don't know about you, Dave, but I I would like to get to bed at a normal hour. Well, let's start with my question. When we all talked so much about how well Tobias Harris defended Siakam in the playoffs, how come they tasked pj tucker with that matchup so often tonight i i I don't know is it i mean he didn't play last game because of his back so if that's what it is that makes sense but if that's not what it is i i did not like that i did not like that at all to start the game i did not like it at all as the game continued i don't even like it now that the game is over like i just (laughs) i just did not like that one bit i don't know who was doing defensive assignments there but that someone needs a stern talking to because that was not the business. Tobias Harris was quietly a hero. Uh, I know one of his threes wound up not counting, and that that was emotionally painful, seeing it get wiped off the board. Uh, I thought these officials were a little, just a tad harsh on the home team for your average basketball game. Just a little, just a right? wee bit. <laughs> Right. I mean, I watch a lot of games that are not the Sixers and (laughs) you definitely see the tendency that the home team gets the calls. Then you see a game like this and you're like, that was pretty fair. (laughs) Both sides, uh, both sides paid for quite a bit. There's some there's some there's some bovine fecal matter on the floor at the (laughs) Wells Fargo Center. Like that was not that was not great. Definitely Uh, some bovine action. Yeah. Like this game was definitely a tale of two halves. Uh, the, The Sixers, like they came out sloppy to start the game which was a little bit worrisome to me especially since the Raptors were on the second night of a back-to-back and then they closed that first quarter on a 15 to 3 run or something like that and I was just like oh okay it's, it's gonna be one of those games against the Raptors again but you know the second quarter happened 
Daniel House and Toby in the first half, 19 points, six and six from three. Like that was encouraging a little bit. Yeah, House coming back and providing a spark was an unexpected delight for sure. Uh it's been a while since we got good output from him and then he got hurt. So this was this was really nice. Speaking of nice, good output, uh first half Sixers, 25 straight bench points. Gotta you love to see it. You love to see that kind of thing. It's just not something you're used to seeing at all, right? It's not uh, something we are used to seeing like ever. I don't think since the Lou Williams days, I don't think it's been that good. Yeah, good point. They rattled off a 35-23 second quarter, and things were looking pretty good, but then they give up almost the same the reciprocal score in the third. 42 points combined in the second half. The game was tied after three quarters, and Pascal Siakam, like by the third quarter, he had 31 total and 16 alone in the third quarter. Right about there is where I would be like, okay, PJ, we're we're done asking you to guard him. We're done. That's it. We've had enough. We've seen enough of this nonsense. He is just he is just cooking you, dude. Like I'm sorry. Just no. We're switching back. Speaking of this, and I know there's always a segment of the listeners who hate hearing any type of referee whining, but it has to be said. Watching Harden get flagged for these little chicken wings, and then watching Siakam get to do it. And occasionally, occasionally draw on N one getting to do it, so he gets to hit you and go to the line, uh, and then on the other end you see Harden do it and get get called for an offensive foul. That's such a huge swing in a ball game. I don't know if anyone in the league uses that off elbow more and more liberally than Siakam consistently when I watch him play. Absolutely, and he consistently gets away with it too. It's just can the refs look at this? Like, I mean, we've I, been we've been mentioning this for years now, years. and it's like, <laughs> does no one ever look into this issue except Sixers fans? I guess not. I guess we're the only ones paying attention. You know, Pascal Siakam gets away with that kind of stuff, and then you know, Marcus Smart is only good against the Sixers. I stand <laughs> by that. That's not true at all. Smart's, I'm not letting that go. That is not true at all. But you know, everyone's got their thing. Like, there's the guy on the on Twitter who points out that Ja Morant carries. And he and you know he gets away with that. Um, I mean that's, Siakam, that's fair. He totally does a lot of times. So a lot of these guys have their thing. Siakam's got his thing, and he got a lot of extra points with it tonight. Uh, Thirty, 30 like I said, thirty-one after three. Toronto had that eight-zero run in the third, and then they took the lead, eighty to seventy-eight, to start the fourth. And I'm sure you were thinking the same thing I was. Like, where was the offense in the first half? They led by they led by eleven at the half, and just that lead was just evaporated. What the hell happened? Started to get away from them, and I started to accept defeat emotionally. And you I, saved I, me too. I was not going to be fooled. I wasn't going to be. I wasn't going to get my hopes up. I was like, all right, they don't have it tonight. I'll justify this as hopefully Maxi will be back soon. This is a scrappy team. When Boucher hit that step back three, I was like, okay, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I get it. We're not meant to win this one. And then they go on, like, what was it? It was a 10 10 run run. in just under two minutes. Joel, you loved the little instance he had where it was free throws, gets a big stop. He, He actually forces a travel in Siakam that wasn't called. 
but Van Vliet misses the three. They get the rebound, and then Joel does his volleyball bop pass to Melton in the corner for a three. Things were cooking. They did give up another run, so they were suddenly back down like six or eight again after that, and they had to close the distance. But uh, they did the little things to get this one done. Hated that it had to go to overtime. You'd love to have seen maybe something else on the last five seconds. I don't know. How do you feel about Joel 35 feet from the hoop ISO creating? So I I didn't like that as it was drawn up. And like you said, Siakam tied the game at 99 with his 38 points. And great scoop shot. Yeah, he's he's such a good player. The out of bounds play, it wasn't bad, but Joel just made the wrong decision. Because if you look at that replay, George Niang is wide open in the corner. He was, but I think the defender left him when he knew there was no longer time to make that pass. I could be wrong. I'd have to see it again. I mean, I, I thought the same thing initially. I rewatched it, and I was like, all right. If he, if Niang touches that, the game's ending pretty much. Yeah, I. but I think you have to at least know that like, if you're Joel and you see like two guys running at you, it's just like, all right, who's open? And I realize hindsight 2020, like that's a snap decision, not every... NBA players capable of making that decision in a nanosecond, but you know, uh, I guess I have to give him a pass on that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that there was enough time to actually make that pass. Literally, I'd have to double check and see it in slow mo. But and then, um, of course, the overtime period, and I'm just watching, frustrated. I'm just like, okay, so it's Embiid's turn now. It's James's turn, and now it's just like, God, dang it! Like movement. Like where where's the screeners? Where's the cutting? Where's what is? Oh my god! Like I was just, at that moment, I was just like, okay, we're losing this game because there's no motion on offense in overtime. Worse, I was thinking this is the Raptors on the second night of a back to back. What the heck are you gonna do when you got Brown and Smart and Robert Williams and Horford out there and, and Derek White? Wow. Because they're all fast. Al, Al Horford getting love before Derek White by you on this podcast. Good well, God. I'm just I'm just listing the the <laughs> lit, the litany of good defenders they could throw at this stuff, and the Sixers just looked like. I thought you were just going in alphabetical order. <laughs> this this was just like Delaware Valley draw it up in the sand basketball. It didn't look like. Uh, towards the end, like a professional multi-billion dollar endeavor. No. Some of, some of those plays, right? It was like, come on. I, I guess they eventually decided to pivot to because Barnes is on Harden and because OG is on Joel, we're not getting what we want out of this pick and roll. So let's try the Harden Melton pick and roll to get a better matchup we prefer. Get, you know, FVV on Harden who's small and see if I don't know. Something, I guess thing, yeah. But and but the only reason it worked was because the ball found Tobias Harris, who completely bailed him out with that triple. All twice. credit to him. Twice they he bailed him out. Should have been twice, but it was only once. Yeah, it reminded me of the game. I forget which game it was when he was red hot, and we were like, maybe he should have got a touch down the. St- oh, in Houston, the game in Houston, they lost when Harris had it going. Wasn't he like seven of eight from three and they didn't go to him down the stretch? And we seven were like, seven of eight, seven of nine, something like that. But like Toby was hot against Houston. He stayed hot. He's like shooting 56% from three in the month of December. Like he's just balling and he's made so many of our fake trades look so stupid. He was put in the trade machine with guys like Harrison Barnes for years. And now it's like, all right, Harris is clearly better than many of the guys. Is this uh, where you advocate again for the trade of Tobias Harris for D- Kevin Durant? 
Well, that one I would do for sure, but <laughs> but yeah, Tobias has made a lot of the ones that were not Kevin Durant look awful, and he's played so played terrific. That's like your weekly bit. Like we just have to do it every week. Dave trades Tobias Harris for Kevin Durant. Like that's a, that's Dave's weekly bit on this podcast. Well, because anytime anyone ever says he's available and he could come to the Sixers, you have to. It has to be a Harris and Tyrese Maxey deal so what else is there to really mention Uh, good point regardless of what happened in the second half as much as i had to you know try to keep it together and not drown my sorrows in another bottle of whiskey because i have the holidays coming up so i kind of have to save it uh (laughs) sixers win 104 101 in overtime uh good stuff so that's seven in a row now um i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling very very well I'm, i'm feeling great right now uh five in a row i think five in a row i'm sorry five in a row i'm sorry i i, I apologize seven, yeah. a seven game homestand so they will have a chance for the seven right okay so i knew there was a i knew the number seven was in there somewhere I just had to figure it out yeah they said on the broadcast a whole bunch the seven game homestand but climbing climbing the ranks sixers are still still fifth in the east but you know the the knicks are the knicks are hot they've won they've definitely won seven in a row i'm looking at the standings right now mm-hmm. game and a half uh behind brooklyn who have won six straight yeah i got a text from my cousin today who is a knicks fan who says it's going to be a merry knicks this year knowing that i'm a sixers fan and i sent him back a hardened skipping uh emoji or jeff so right. knicks right. fans think... are starting to feel themselves a little bit here uh rick carlisle i think, I think after playing... that horrible punditry i think it's time to go to break after that one like your <laughs> your your cousin should be ashamed of himself for that <laughs> what's going on there like what kind of family do you have david send us to the break <laughs> out of sight podcast liberty ballers podcast network we'll be back after these words from our sponsors When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Once again, Sixers win in overtime against Toronto at the crib, 104-101 in overtime. Uh, second overtime game in three weeks for us, David. Um, it's It's been fun, and I, I will say J- James Harden has looked better the last couple of games, and that's pretty much the topic of the second half of the podcast because you wrote something uh came out today actually uh harden showing vulnerability and talking about his legacy in this 
extensive piece. And let's start with that a little bit. Where do you fall on like players at Harden's age and his point of his career where they're just like thinking of legacy? Like, is that helpful to a team in a general sense? Or is it something where it's like, okay, how much is he going to compromise to get that ring that he really wants? I think it's healthy. I think it's ideal for a fan of the team because it lets you know how much he actually cares about your goal, which is a championship. Uh, if he were saying things like, my legacy's complete, I'm fulfilled, I don't care what happens, certain things that Kevin Durant says, and Kevin Durant has a couple rings on his belt already, although right. many of his critics will tell you they don't believe in those rings because he rode the coattails of championship 73 or whatever it was, win team, he's got to win another one. But Kevin Durant clearly feels at peace and says he doesn't have to build to his legacy, so it's refreshing to hear or an athlete say, my legacy is incomplete, it's missing a ring. Uh, and it's refreshing to hear Harden say that because he doesn't always all, all open up. So hat tip to your own for getting James to reveal some things he doesn't often show us. Uh, and hat tip to your own for being a little pushy and pointing to some of the haterade that James especially gets doused with, giving James the chance to defend himself. Because right. as was pointed out on Twitter, there's not like a ton of hardened supporters in national media. He often gets more hate than he deserves for someone on his level of the Pantheon where he is. Like, is he a top 15 all time player? Probably most people would say no. Cause he has no rings. Right. Uh, but, probably because they, they say the same thing about a lot of uh, guys, you know, like Nash Barkley guys like that. Yeah. But I'm a little bit more forgiving. And I look at it as, context matters so much if he got to play his career with Shaquille O'Neal and Pau Gasol he certainly wouldn't have zero rings if or how about this how about this he didn't play in a conference where the best team in the NBA had Stephen Curry Clay Thompson Kevin Durant and Draymond Green what if Daryl Morey and Sam Hankey weren't so smart to offer all that for him would the Thunder have kept him what if Sam Presti was a little more clever and maxed him or got rid of you know Kendrick Perkins and Serge Ibaka if he had to stay under the tax or whatever he had to do and Harden would have four rings on the Thunder or so what about this what about this what if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt in game six of the Western Conference Finals then they win game seven and they probably beat LeBron in four or five games for sure I have no doubt about that absolutely uh, in the piece he's also talking about the hamstring injury that's been plaguing him the last two years and how he really felt you know, kind of down because he couldn't play at his highest level. And I kind of appreciated that piece because he's acknowledging that he's not 100%. He's acknowledging the fact that, hey, I've been hurt, but I'm still out here doing the best I can with what I have. I that's I like to hear stuff like that because it just means that James really wants a ring, not just for himself, but also for this town and Embiid as well. Yeah, I love hearing that. You, you love hearing some of the gossip about the Nets and how they needed a little bit more structure and that wasn't there. And then you remember the reporting from guys like former Liberty Baller, Jake Fisher, talking about how like he saw what Embiid was doing and he, he saw that was his ticket to a ring. That makes him particularly endearing to a Sixers fan that he saw in how Embiid was playing and thought, I can win a ring with that guy, not Kevin and Kyrie, and whatever Kyrie's doing in and out of the lineup. So 
I was already a huge fan of James Harden, and I'm an even bigger fan of him now. Um, he's ultimately disappointed in Philadelphia so far because of that injury last year in particular. And, uh, you know, he's he might be just reaching his stride now after that foot injury. Maybe the month off actually did him good because he looks pretty good. Uh, he's not blowing by guys like Scotty Barnes. No, I, no, no, I guess we are not going to expect him to do that. Um, Nor should we, I don't think. Yeah, and and that's bad. That that's not going to make winning a championship easy. I mean, if if he could just killer crossover Tim Hardaway Senior crossover a guy like that and just leave him <laughs> in the dust, the Sixers would be would have much better championship odds than they currently do. Um, I also found it interesting how he was saying stuff like. You know, your own pointed out, you haven't got along well with guys like Dwight, CP3, Kevin. And he was like, well, I mean, we just didn't have enough talent. It wasn't that we didn't get along. If we would have won, we would have won the championship. No one would be talking about how we couldn't get along. Yeah, winning cures everything. Yeah, so it makes sense. He, quote unquote, couldn't get along with Dwight and Russ because obviously there was no chance there. There's On the no, other there's hand, there's no getting along with Russell Westbrook. Right. On the other hand, if he had gotten along better with Chris Paul and they didn't trade him for us, maybe he's still in Houston today. You never know. And to James's credit, he has evolved a little bit this season. And Paul Hudrick wrote something to that effect yesterday, and it came out. Uh, the, the 32 games into the Embiid-Harden partnership that we're in right now. And I, I gotta say, it's looking different. It's looking a lot better. I feel like there's definitely, I, I feel like the chemistry is a lot better this season compared to last season after, you know, the, the full, full-ish training camp and getting into that groove with each other. Like that's, and James said that, uh, he's just said time. Harden said when he was, this is in Paul's quote, uh, peace, time. Harden said when asked what the biggest difference has been recently and just the communication we've been having, whether it's with Doc or Joel or just everybody, this is how we're playing. This is what we want to do. And to James's credit, he's evolving as a player. And I like what I'm seeing out of him this season compared to last season, for sure. Even with the the foot injury that hampered him for about a month. Yeah, I loved Paul's piece because it reminded me something we don't talk about often is that this thing between Harden and Bede is more of a beginning and an end. Uh, and, and they are just getting warmed up. The number of times that they've run a pick and roll when they're both healthy, no hamstring issues, no orbital bone, no mask, no broken thumb, no torn thumb, whatever. Um, no plantar fasciitis, no sprained foot. Just it's totally been, healthy. <laughs> it's, totally, it's been very low. So this, the same type of stuff we all talked about when we wanted Jimmy Butler to stay for the long time. We're like, they're going to have to gel. They might not have it this season. It's going to take them a year or two. Uh, it might. The same can be said for this Harden and B relationship, probably. In Paul's piece, he notes that in 11 games this season, that two-man lineup's net rating, Embiid and Harden, is positive 9.6, and it's 117.7 points per 100 possessions. That's really, really good. And against... The Warriors, they combined for 61 points on 38 shots. If this is what we're getting from the Harden and B combo now, and we have Maxi coming back, and the bench is gelling and looking better and better each game. Like, I'm not trying to see like all bench lineups, but they're looking at least a little bit better than they did at the beginning of the season. I, that's something to work with. Something to work with for sure. 
I'm not positive that they've come close to hitting their potential with the trio of Maxi Harden and Embiid. Okay. To be honest, I think that trio has looked a little redundant in terms of skill set at times. They they never try it without Tobias, so maybe it would look different with like, like Matisse and Tucker. Um, if you pair Embiid with Maxi, or if you pair Embiid with Harden, that's good. If you pair though the guards together without Embiid, that's good. But when the the three of them are out there, I think they're still a far cry away from achieving better than the sum of its whole of its parts or whatever that phrase is. I never know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I I know it's 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 a cliche phrase. I always forget what it is too. And sometimes the sum is greater than the whole of its parts. I have to write it down on my hand <laughs> if I ever want to use it in context. Like no, it's just I I know what you mean. You I'm gonna get it mean. tattooed in another language just so I can uh, always have it. What language would you choose, though? <laughs> Never mind. Silly question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one. And get back to you on it. Yeah, get back to me next week on that. I do uh, kind of like hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics are nice if you can get them if you can get them correct. Like you could, have could to, I do like... hieroglyphics and and have like things about the Sixers like <laughs> play Harden and Maxi more together without Tobias just to see how it goes in hieroglyphics. I I, I feel like that's one hell of a sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I'm, I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just letting you know what you might be in for. here. Probably not a concise tat, right? Probably not. No. And only you would be able to read it. <laughs> Either you or some in some descendant of like Indiana Jones or something. I don't know. As long as it would end with please doc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, please. Please doc. Uh, fix your rotations. In, in hieroglyphics experiment more in hieroglyphics experiment, experiment more, more in hieroglyphics doc there you go yes. i like that that's my tap i i feel really good about everything happening the last week the good the the good performance against golden state the the the, the heart attack tonight but still feeling good and then they have detroit coming up this week they have the clippers and then like you said before the break the big Christmas the the big Knicks miss matchup. Now you got now they better cousin, win. They now better your win cousin has game. me saying it. I am gonna hear a lot of trash and a lot of smack if they lose to Jalen Brunson in the Garden on, at noon on Christmas Day. So I really hope that uh, I, I don't want to see Joel diving into the stands like he did a few no, years ago. No, no, I don't, no, no, no. God, I don't no. want one of those games. But sure would be nice if couldn't we get a gentleman's agreement? Couldn't we we say like. Look, Shake Milton drops 30. You guys snap your winning streak, but you get one game closer to Victor in the ping pong race that you'll probably need yeah. more, more than you're going to need a play in birth. <laughs> I'd be down for that. And and Joel Embiid not going full speed into the third row at Madison Square Garden. I'll take all of that. That's fine. No human missile business at the garden. No human missile business at the garden, Joel. Like, that's my Christmas, that's my Christmas wish. Yes, no. <laughs> and, and a Sixers win because it would definitely make my flight out of the city a hell of a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> speaking speaking of more enjoyable and the holidays and gratitude and all that, we survived the Pascal Siakam game. Whew. God, elbows it's always, galore! It's always Pascal Siakam when we play the Raptors. It's and thank God Fred Van Vliet had an off night tonight. Oh thank yeah, he had God. all those. He had multiple game winners, wide open looks from three that he, he missed. Had so many good looks that he missed. I was like, "All right, Fred, you're you're tired. I I get it. That's fine. 
take couple take couple games off. You're you're you'll be good at the end of the week. But like, thank you for just not torching us on all these open looks that we gave you. And on the other end, to uh, PJ Tucker had an opportunity or two to hit a huge dagger corner three, and he's just not getting the legs on these things. He's, his balls don't have the arc listen, they need. Listen, we we don't have time to get into why PJ should not be in the starting Sorry. lineup. Sorry, moving on. <laughs> let's just let's just move on. Let's let's just end it right there, shall we? Let's <laughs> shall. Let's just end it there. Let's it was a good there. It was a good night because they got another win. Let's just end it right there. And you know, Eagles are thirteen and one. Uh, how, how do you how do you feel about this game on Saturday? Now that we know that like Jalen Hurts is throwing shoulder sprain and he might not go. Yeah, Jalen's shoulder hurts, and another hor- horrible pun. Sorry to do that. Um, I don't feel good about it now. I think God that damn it, David. It certainly has to give the edge to Dallas, and I don't want to hear your Minshew love because I'm not a big as big of a fan as some of his sexy outfit supporters okay um, all right if he, this is what i will say this is all i will say about this game right now on DraftKings, which is the official betting sponsor of liberty ballers and vox media uh on DraftKings, the cowboys since the news broke of hey uh Hurst's injury that line ballooned to dallas minus six Woo. i strenuously object to that line so much in fact that i'm willing to put uh some hard-earned benjamins on the Eagles money line at plus two ten. Where is this game? This game is in Dallas. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't overdo it on your money, on your Benjamins there. I, maybe I, I'll, put, maybe I'll put a cool Andrew Jackson, maybe an Alexander Hamilton, something. But like, I strenuously object to the minus six there. Just, just take your, uh, just take your Cowboys money line in a larger, wonkier parlay. Bet on oh, the Cowboys to win, and then bet on the Sixers to win against Detroit. There you go. Oh, even even better. Like, just give me give me the <laughs> give me the Dallas Sixers money line parlay. Just give me that right now. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. But see, um, then I would have to bet on the Cowboys. I would just be. I would just feel you're weird you're about just doing that. You're just mitigating your emotional turmoil. So uh, you, you either guess. get what you want or you get a few bucks. Uh, all right, that's fair. I I can do that. I guess. <laughs> I do it all the time. Betting against. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is how i this is how i cope in life i bet against what i want to happen i almost i almost took toronto plus the 10 and a half on DraftKings tonight i almost did it I, I i didn't and i feel really silly for not doing it but you know what there will be other games like what I, I don't know what the line is yet for sixers pistons but uh yeah we'll keep a close eye on that AJ Brown having a monster game, however, getting tackled at the one yard line where he probably could have fallen into the end zone, I believe cost me a fantasy uh, finals berth. So I'm still reeling over him getting tackled at the one. Oh, so you're out. You're done. Like, that's yeah. it for you. Yeah, unless I get a miracle in this Monday night game, but I'm not really watching it closely. Um, but AJ Brown, if you were listening, and I'm assuming you are, <laughs> I, re- I really wish you'd scored. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just, you know, yeah, I am going to say something. I am in the fantasy playoffs of my league. And uh, yeah, I got a first round bye. So I was, I was Ooh, very pleased about that. Sitting pretty. Yeah. Was sitting very pretty right now, but uh, we'll end the podcast there. Sixers win again, 104, 101 at home against Toronto Raptors. Good nights all around. Um, unless you're David uh, hoping for a miracle for his fantasy team. But outside of that, good nights for everybody. Outside of that.
Outside of that, yeah. Until next week, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah if you celebrate it, Happy Kwanzaa if you celebrate that. Just, uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy yourselves, enjoy everything, be safe out there. It's supposed to be nasty weather this weekend, so be careful on those roads. (laughs) Talk to you next week, Dave. All right, later.